Welcome to the Supported Living Property Podcast with your host, me, Lisa Brown, the place to learn about supported living property investing. In this episode, Lizzie Henson and Jeremy White talk about their plans for implementing the Respite Rooms trial in Bristol. They discuss how they recently won the bid for funding and how this new initiative will impact domestic abuse survivors in the city. Hi, Jeremy and Lizzie. It's great to have you here today. Thank you for joining us. Lizzie, do you want to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about you? Yep. So I'm Lizzie Hendon. I'm a senior public health specialist with the Bristol City Council Public Health and Communities team. Um, I've worked in public health for about 16 years now. Um, and I started my career um, on the front line um, in teenage pregnancy prevention and um, working um, with vulnerable girls and young women. Um, and then from there progressed into public health and have worked across a number of different areas, um, including sexual health, um, drugs and alcohol, um, domestic abuse and sexual violence. Um, and in the last year, um, I've also worked in the COVID-19 response, um, which meant I was pulled in to support drugs and alcohol business continuity and um, services at the beginning of the pandemic. Um, and more recently, I've been co- become involved in the commissioning of domestic abuse and sexual violence services and some of the strategic work we're taking um, forward in the council on that. Fantastic. Thank you. And Jeremy, do you want to tell us a little bit about you? Yeah, hi. So I'm I'm Jeremy. My role is commissioning manager for homelessness and pathways accommodation at Bristol City Council. And I've been doing that role since October last year. And prior to that, I held a variety of roles within insurance, business process outsourcing, property and buildings management and the third sector, um, which is where I really developed my passion um, around homelessness and supporting people who had experienced homelessness. I'm really passionate about providing accommodation with support that is psychologically and physically safe, um, person-centered, and really enables the best outcomes possible for people with complex needs who have experienced trauma and adversity in their lives. Fantastic. Now, we're obviously here to talk about respite rooms, which is a trial, isn't it, that's that's going on in Bristol at the moment. Do you want to tell us a little bit about it? Because I know there's been some press coverage, but some people won't have heard about it at all. Um, yep, so shall I start with that one? Yeah. So, um, yep, so um, Bristol's been granted um, £350,000 by the Ministry of um, Housing and Communities and Local Government and the MHCLG to pilot this 12-month trial, um, which means we can offer safe accommodation with intensive support to victims of domestic abuse and violence. Um, And this money will allow um, us to work with partners to open a 12-bed respite rooms project um, to deliver several weeks of support. Um, And over the year, we can hopefully work with up to 100 women who have high support needs, um, including those sleeping rough um, and those who've been in unsafe situations um, or with histories of um, domestic violence. Yeah, so the, this funding is it's a really fantastic opportunity. It follows a successful bid, obviously led by um, ourselves and housing options within the council and the public health colleagues. And we applied, that was June 2021, we applied um, 11 out of 22 applicants were successful. And we really feel it demonstrates a strong working relationship between these two teams um, within the council and to established providers who are coming on board to deliver the service coming with a whole wealth of experience. Um, so it's really exciting opportunity for everyone. 
Because I think that's the issue, isn't it? Often with people, you know, people assume that if you um, have a domestic abuse experience, that that is your only experience. And it's not as narrow as that, is it? It's often a really diverse set of needs that you have around that. So that's what you're hoping to put in lots of different partners to support people. Is that right, Lizzie? Yeah. 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 And I'll just say, I think because we had those strong partnerships in place, it was a very tight time frame with the bid coming in um, a matter of weeks to pull together quite a comprehensive bid. But because we'd all been working so closely together around some of the COVID-19 work, um, we've also had the Domestic Abuse Act come in, which has had um, a statutory duty around accommodation support um, and lots of links between domestic abuse and housing there. Um, And we have a really dynamic um, commissioner provider relationship with our providers, um, which meant we were just able to hit the ground running with our bid um, and strongly evidence the need of why we need to run respite rooms um, in Bristol. Fantastic. That's great. So what is it that you're hoping to achieve with it? I guess that's the big thing, isn't it? Yeah, really with this, we wanted to take part in the programme because we believe it will enable us and the dedicated partners who will work with who share our determination to tackle domestic and gender-based violence to work closely with a number of these women and really offering them a higher level of intensive support whilst being safely accommodated. So from an accommodation side that's really key making sure that people have a safe space to stay Um, and there's a lot of evidence um, to suggest that that does really engender the best possible outcomes for people and it will include a wide range of input from city agencies offering help with issues such as substance misuse benefits and financial independence immigration sex working mental health forced marriage sexual violence and provide ongoing community support And the project will offer women short-term assistance to ensure that they get the support that they need in advance of further guidance to help them towards longer-term solutions for their personal needs and sort of longer-term move-on plans as well. So making sure there's that continuity plan and and, and plan in place for people to move on. Absolutely. Yeah. And so physically from a from a property perspective, you're talking about 12 women. Is this going to be sort of if you've got the building earmarked already, I presume, if it's this quite short time scale. Yes. yes. Um, what's the what's the building? Is it is it individual rooms? Is it more like a hostel? Is it you know, what's what's the actual property um, like, I guess? from a Yeah. So it, it's it's individual rooms with shared facilities. Um, so it's it sort of. Yeah, it's that kind of everyone will have their own room, but share some of the living spaces, you know, bathrooms, those kind of facilities. And then will you have on-site support sort of actually there as well? On, on yes. Yeah. yeah. So I think I think one of the exciting things about this new programme is it's really filling a gap where we haven't really had um, 24-7 support in kind of a safe house mm. type setting before. And so it's it's really great that we'll be able to have sleeping in support, 24-7 support around the clock, making sure that, you know, people's needs are addressed at all hours of the day and night, you know, as is needed. Fantastic, because obviously, if you're talking about 12 people with quite complex needs, there's obviously, you hope you get that peer support, but there's obviously also going to, not always, it's always going to move smoothly, is it? So having that support on site, I imagine, is going to be helpful for that. 
And I think I just want to add to that. That's something that's directly come as well from feedback from. um, So we do have a complex needs safe house already, which has a certain number of spaces. And we did a needs assessment um, around domestic abuse and sexual violence back in 2019. And we talked to service um, users. And one of the things they said was how difficult the weekend was the Friday night when the support staff clocked off um, and went home and obviously there wasn't the support there on site and although they had a number to ring in case of an emergency they didn't perceive um, going back to their perpetrator the abusive partner as an emergency so often they were saying the weekend was the hardest time and that's when they were most likely to leave and so they advised that actually to have that 24-7 like 24-hour seven-day week support was vital um, and vital for them. Fantastic. So it's pulling in lots of different people, having the right building and having the funding to sort of pull it all together to be able to to deliver this. Um, I guess I was going to say, why is it different to other things that, you know, that are going on already? What's what's special about this one, do you think? Um, I think the the thing that we have is that sort of really um, intensive support. Um, As we said before, it's it's intensive, um, it's trauma-informed support um, to help them to make choices and decisions around next steps for recovery. Um, in terms of delivery, it's an equal partnership between one of our specialist homelessness services, St Mungo's, um, and then Nextlink, one of our specialist um, domestic abuse services. Um, so it really is a 50-50 partnership between those two, those two providers. Um, It also enhances our current domestic abuse provision by providing accommodation in a setting, as we said, that's staffed 24 hours a day, um, seven days a week. And we already have some safe house provision for those with complex needs in Bristol, but that's only about eight um, bed spaces. And we acknowledge um, that some of those victims need a greater level of support. Um, And as I said, that's been fed back by our service users and also staff. Um, And we also we'll find that this work will be complemented by our independent domestic abuse advisors who have been funded by the Ministry of Justice, so IDVAS as they're known as, um, and they'll be working around um, specific specialist areas, so for example drug and alcohol misuse, and we've got specialist BAME, IDVA, um, and a young person's um, IDVA. Fantastic, so Tom? Yeah, I think one of the key sort of parts of when we were bidding for this is it was really evident that we needed a really strong partnership working between a homelessness and housing provider and a domestic abuse um, service provider. And we're really fortunate in Bristol to work with a a whole range of really fantastic providers who bring a lot of experience, you know, and a lot of learning, you know, from years and years of delivering services. So it it felt like a really great opportunity to really capitalise on the strong you know, as Lizzie mentioned earlier, the strong commissioner provider relationships that we have in the city and just continue building on that into this new service. Fantastic. Yeah. So I just like to I just like to add as well, like about sometimes some of the criticisms can be, especially for working with um victims that experience multiple disadvantage that often some of the agencies work in quite a siloed way so they might just be looking at their drug and alcohol needs or they might just be looking at their mental health needs and then they might just refer them to a domestic abuse service to look at the domestic abuse needs whereas actually this 
this provision will help them to um, engage with relevant support with all of the partners working together, um, whether that's looking at accessing and um, scripting, uh, maximising benefits, um, immigration, status resolution, um, financial independence. Um, so all of those partners can be working with them um, at this site. So that real kind of joined up approach to, to everything. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, that's and is there a kind of plan for how long women would be in in the respite rooms? Is is there a sort of set timetable for how long they would be there or what's how does that work? Yeah, so um well initially we'll be looking at an average of about five to six weeks, um, with a maximum um of about two two months stay. So it really is kind of um, I don't want to turn it term it temporary accommodation because it's not like temporary accommodation, but it is. It's that's why it's termed a respite room. But in that time, that um, our services will be working with them and to look at a planned move onto more suitable accommodation, whether that's um, our refuge spaces or other supported accommodation, um, or yeah, whatever is best suited mm -hmm. to them. To move them on to something a bit more permanent, sort of thing, or a yeah, yeah. And, and so, also of that that key part of that safety planning um, as well in terms of you know prioritizing their own well-being and looking at how we can make sure there's a reduction in violence that they're experiencing mm -hmm. so the, the intention is this isn't where people would be for a long time until they've got all their problems sorted it's a short term until you can transition them to somewhere yes, else yeah. yeah yeah so which obviously depends on having the right places to move people onto i guess absolutely and there, there'll be a a real focus on that move move on planning and really signposting people mm. to the suitable move on options for them that will mm -hmm. be really person-centered that makes sense and I, I guess it's going to be really interesting to see the impact of it and to see you know to see where it comes and i know we were chatting earlier it'd be great to kind of have you guys back in a in a year or so and, and understand it you know how it's been and the good bits and the bad bits it'd be really interesting to have Absolutely. that conversation yeah. you know, and, and kind of understand where you are how many gray hairs you have at the end of the trial I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and see how it goes um i one of the questions was obviously how do people get involved is that you know working with local organizations is there anything that's specific for people to get involved with there yeah i think if really what what we'd say is if there are any partners in bristol that are delivering similar services or working with the people that we're supporting that aren't aware of this program then feel free to get in touch with us um, if you're not from bristol you can also get in touch with the local authority and find out who the relevant lead is and i believe a link will be provided um, to the central government press release which outlines the various local authority areas yeah, we can definitely put that in the show notes. You said there are 11 sites around the country. Is it just in England or is it England and Wales? It's, it's, we'll have a just look. Just in England. England. Richard's just in England, yeah. yeah. yeah <laughs> yes, no, it's no, just cool. in England. I think so, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, no, that's fine. And that's great. So there, on that, you'll be able to see where it is and see if there's something happening in your area if, it's, if you're not local to Bristol. Absolutely. Thank you ever so much, guys. It's been really great chatting to you about this project. And yeah, I'd love you to come back in, like I said, in 12 months and we'll, we'll find out how it's all gone. That would be great. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. Great Thank to meet you, Lisa. Thanks. Yeah.